Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's edition of Riding the Storm Out. Today, we have a special program on critical thinking. Stay tuned. Well, I am Pastor Paul Blair. We thank you for joining us again this week for Riding the Storm Out. Last week, we talked about the riots in France. We talked about the riots in Philadelphia, things going on in Philadelphia, and the questions that weren't being asked by journalists that seemed to be honest questions. For example, in the inner city Chicago or inner city Philadelphia, when there's a shooting, asking whether it could possibly be a gang-related shooting is a good question. It could be. We know the history of those major metropolitan areas. And then in France, unless you have been paying attention for the last 20 years, there's been a lot of concern about the um, Islamic immigrant community that's not assimilating. They're moving to France but not becoming French. They are just having their own enclaves and getting larger and larger, and basically there are no-go zones for the French police. And, of course, there was this young man that had a North African. That's how the media reported it, but North African is 100% Islamic. Algeria and the areas up there, this young man wound up being in a confrontation with the French police and wound up being shot. You know, it's amazing. No one ever asked that question. The default conclusion is that the police are out of control. Well, folks, we're going to have to learn to be critical thinkers. So today we are going to air a very short lesson that I had done at one of our Liberty Pastors camps. This one was in Grapevine, Texas, back in 2020. But it did about 18 minutes on critical thinking skills, and it will teach you some buzzwords and some things that will become obvious once you know to look for them and how to interpret articles, how to, how to glean the, the nuggets of truth out of a whole lot of uh, smokescreen with most of these journalists. So enjoy this week's presentation on Riding the Storm Out. So I'm going to do a real brief on media discernment. So for about the next 10 minutes, I hope that you'll get something out of this. First of all, I really learned about the power of media back in, I think it was 2006, Cindy and I had gone to one of the very last Reclaiming America for Christ conferences when Dr. Kennedy was still alive. And one of the speakers there was David Gibbs, the attorney. And it came to find out that David Gibbs had represented Terry Schiavo. How many of you remember the Terry Schiavo deal? Everybody went along with that. Of course, I'm just sitting there. I'm in Oklahoma. I'm a pastor. I'm naive. I believe what I've been hearing on the media. And it was amazing because I sit there over that 45 minutes that, that David Gibbs was speaking. And the story that he was telling me about what was going on in no way lined up with what I had been watching on the national news. And I discovered that, you know, we all are busy going about our lives, pastoring our churches, you know, taking care of our families, living in our communities. We can't be firsthand eyewitnesses to everything. The world's a big place. The United States is a big place. We're going to have to trust somebody's account of what's going on in order to develop our opinions and our responses to what's going on. And I recognize that much like filling a bathtub with water, you can turn on the hot or you can turn on the cold and you can adjust the temperature. So too does the national media have the ability to control our actions and reactions because we make decisions based upon what we believe to be true. 
Unfortunately, since the early 1960s, our media has become increasingly liberal, very biased, anti-American, and anti-Christian, and quite frankly, not trustworthy. For example, look at this last week. Didn't you love this on CNN? Fiery, but mostly peaceful protests after the police shooting. Here's what immediately came to my mind. How many of you remember Frank Drebin? Nothing to see here, folks. Just move along. Nothing to see here. Well, that's what it looked like with our guy there. Can we trust what we see in the media? I don't know. Uh, if we believe the headlines, then we better not go to church because church can be a dangerous environment. As a matter of fact, don't you love how the New York Times... Now, understand, the media is supposed to report the facts. The journalist is supposed to present the story to you. The editorial page is supposed to give you opinions. However, here the New York Times says, misleading hydroxychloroquine video pushed by the Trumps. Again, notice when it's pushed by the Trumps, that Donald, he's behind everything, spreads online. And if you've done the background, you recognize these are a bunch of frontline doctors. They're emergency room doctors. They met together. They had a seven-hour conference that wasn't publicized there in Washington, D.C. After they got done discussing the science, hey, we're doctors. How can we better treat this situation? How can we take care of our patients? They came out and did this impromptu media presentation in front, I believe that was in front of the Supreme Court building. It turns out the, the video went viral. So they had to squish what was being said there, the media, and the, those that are involved. Well, you heard about it from, from our, our doctor yesterday, that incredible uh, presentation that, that we heard yesterday. They had to squash this information, which they did. As a matter of fact, Dr. Simone Gold, notice the headlines here in USA Today, America's frontline doctors. Oh, they may be real doctors, but experts say they don't know what they're talking about. What expert? Who's the expert? Simone Gold, as a graduate of the Chicago School of Medicine, has 31 years of actual experience, not sitting in an office managing people, but dealing with patients in an emergency room. Who gets to qualify who as an expert? And of course, we can't let this go around, so we know that we can trust those that are in charge of social media. CNN reports social media giants have removed viral video with false coronavirus claims that, dadgummit, that Trump again... He was busy retreating. Don't you know he's behind all of this? Hey, if you want to see if you can trust the media, I had done several messages. One of the messages that we had done was on Black Lives Matter. One of the messages that we had done on the history of slavery, beginning with Joseph and the Israelites coming through the world and even in the United States of America. Isn't it amazing that Facebook banned my sermon? Dangerous content, ladies and gentlemen. So we know that we as Christians can put our faith and trust in the national media and social media. Oh, and thank God for the fact checkers. Well, not so much. Our friend Matt Staver, which you'll hear from in the morning, his organization, Liberty Council, identified that 18 of the 20 so-called fact checkers are tied to George Soros. So do you think we can trust the fact checkers that are doing the fact checking? Now, here's the verse that we all must remember. Hey, this is in our Bible study. This is in everything. Paul complimented the Bereans. Because when he came to town after leaving Thessalonica, came there and he preached, they were attentive, they were listening, they took notes, they were polite. Then, the Scripture says, they got in the Bible to make sure that Paul was telling the truth. Folks, we want to be Bereans about everything. 
The old saying from President Reagan was trust but verify. So let's develop critical thinking skills. Again, using Acts 17.11. First, as you're reading an article, differentiate between bias and or opinions, which we all have, as opposed to statements of fact. Pan for those nuggets of truth which are hidden in the articles. Secondly, recognize words like could, might, maybe, possibly, is a buzzword letting you know that the next sentence is an opinion or a theory. It is not a fact. Third, beware of smoke screens. I'll show you one briefly here in just a moment. Completely non-related to statements intended. They're, they're there intended to confuse you or throw you off the scent. Like you're a bloodhound going down the trail. They're trying to distract you to go in the wrong direction. And remember, opinions are opinions and facts are facts. What's the Bible say? At the mouth of two witnesses, two or three witnesses, let something be established as truth. So let's look at a couple of examples real quickly. This was in the, Ed, or the Oklahoma City paper, the, the Daily Oklahoman. Private school grants could benefit wealthier students. Well, the headline leads you to believe that school choice is nothing but another one of those benefits for the rich. But what are some of the buzzwords we look for? Could. Oh, so we read in the article, get past the headline, it says that Governor Stitt said that these funds would support low-income private school students, and if there was money left over, there could be some available to families earning more than $100,000 a year. By the way, this is another one of those uh, coveting things, creating the class warfare. Let me ask you, define wealthy. Everybody's got a different definition. You know who's wealthy? Somebody that makes more money than you do. Therefore, they are making too much because they make more than what I have. Another example is this. Kendra Horn, congressman from 5th District, the only Democrat in the state. My goodness, how did we let that happen? But anyway, Kendra Horn may get U.S. business groups backing. Well, doesn't that sound very positive? Oh, this Democrat representative is going to get a business group. No, not so much. If you read a little further here, it says the state chamber president says that the freshman Democrat hasn't proven pro-business positions. Typically, we'll scan, we'll look at the headlines because we're busy. Don't trust the headlines. Don't trust the article. A lot of opinions mixed in there. Look for those nuggets of truth. Pan for the nuggets of truth. As a matter of fact, you read in here, it says the exact opposite. The state chamber pushed back this week against a petition endorsement of Representative Kendrick Horn. In fact, saying that justify, it wouldn't be justified based upon her current record of consequential uh, votes impacting Oklahoma business. So the truth is, it's the exact opposite of what the headline leads you to believe. Now, here's one more. <clears throat> state limits hate crimes. Notice the subtitle. Beating of a gay man doesn't fall under Oklahoma prohibitions. My goodness, those rednecks. I guess it's just open season on homosexuals. You can just go out and beat them up and there's no law against it. That's how you would read the title of this. As a matter of fact, there is two full pages. I mean full pages in the newspaper dealing with this. The ultimate goal is to convince Oklahomans that we need to pass hate crimes legislation in the state of Oklahoma. You know what? What the law says if an individual assaults another individual, he should be charged for assault. If an individual murders another individual, he should be charged with murder. Doesn't matter what else. All, it doesn't matter what's going on in the mind. All that matters is what they actually do. We are not punished for thoughts yet. 
You're punished for your actual behavior. Now, if you're to read the article, which I won't take time to do, this is what you actually find. Now, go along with me. It's 2 a.m. in a parking lot after a night at the bars on the weekend. There are two men in a luxury car that pull up behind a parked pickup truck. Now, we live in Te- we're in Texas here. I'm from Oklahoma, so you understand what that means. Two men in a pickup truck in an apartment parking lot. The two, men in the, or the two people in the luxury car honk at the pickup truck at 2 a.m. in the morning after a night at the bars. Obviously, a verbal dispute follows. The driver of the luxury car allegedly pushes, again, put allegedly, because this is not, in America, everybody is innocent until proven guilty. So allegedly, the driver of the luxury car who honked at the pickup truck gets out and pushes the girlfriend of one of the men in the pickup truck, bloodying her nose. All right, men, what do you think happened next? The driver of the luxury car got his tail whipped by the girl's boyfriend. So what's the conclusion of the journalist? And what is the LGBT trying to do in the state of Oklahoma? Obviously, that's a hate crime. No, it's not. As a matter of fact, the investigation, as reported in the article, the police said right now it appears that the conflict was because of a truck not moving out of the way of his vehicle. The people did not know each other. There's no indication they jumped out of their behavior or their vehicle because of his sexual orientation. It was 2 a.m. after a night at the bars. Guy pulls up in his luxury car, honks at a guy in the pickup truck, gets out, a little squabble, pushes the girlfriend, bloodies her nose. Guy gets his rear end beat. That goes on all the time in Oklahoma. I don't know what it's like in your state. (laughs) Now, yesterday, Art mentioned that only 6% of those that have died from COVID only exclusively had COVID. That's the fact. Now look at immediately what's happened in the spin machine with the fact checkers. And notice how they're pretty careful with their wording Trump, again, it's Trump again. Trump touts misleading, fact check, it's misleading, it's misleading, it's misleading. Doesn't say it's false. And then if you get into the depth of the article, you'll find out that it's misleading to say only 6% of COVID-19 deaths are caused by the virus. Let me give you the short story of this page. Let me, let me give you two examples. As a pastor over the last 40 days, I've done two funerals of two Wonderful senior saints in my church. One gentleman was nearly 90 years old. He fell and broke his hip. Had hip surgery. After the surgery, wound up dying. Did he die of a broken hip? No. 90 years old. That broken hip just happened to be the last straw that once he was in the hospital, he wound up dying. We had another gentleman who's 87 years old. Wonderful soul winner. Went to Coral Ridge and learned evangelism explosion back uh, in the late 60s. But this man is 87 years old, bound to a wheelchair, Parkinson's disease, very severe, uh, has had strokes. He wound up contracting COVID. And his wife did too. By the way, she's about 90 and she's just doing great. Didn't affect her at all. Totally asymptomatic. He wound up dying as a result of this. Let me ask you, did the COVID kill him? No. He's an 87-year-old man. Promise you, when you find, if you come visit me at 87, you're going to probably be coming to a cemetery. I mean, that's not to be cute, but I've beaten myself to death as a pro athlete. I'm likely not going to be that long, but 87 years old and in bad health, Parkinson's disease, stroke victim. The COVID was simply, could have been the flu, 
Could have been a cold. Could have been anything. It was simply the last straw. So the reality is, as this article does say, if you pan for gold, but look, look here. Here's an example of smokescreen, and this is our last point, and then I'm going to turn it over to Dr. Riggle. But I wanted you to notice. Notice what it says here. Still misinformation quickly spreads about the CDC's updated health stats. Twitter on Sunday took down a tweet containing a false claim made by a supporter of the baseless QAnon conspiracy theory. Wait a second. When were we talking about QAnon or whatever this is now? I thought we were talking about COVID-19. So, uh, so oh, oh, this tweet on QAnon was taken down. But notice how they had you going down the trail and you're tracking with them. Then all of a sudden they take a, a, actually a left-hand turn. The tweet, which has been replaced with a message saying, this tweet is no longer available because it violated the Twitter rules. So obviously this tweet is a lie. It's not true. We can't substantiate it. But we're not talking about COVID-19. We're now talking about QAnon, whatever, however you pronounce that. Does anybody know how you pronounce that? I hadn't even heard of it until about a month ago. QAnon, QAnon, conspiracy theory. Then you go on a little bit further and you find out as of Sunday at 4 p.m., Twitter had not removed. Here's what happened. How many people did you see talking about this 6% over the last couple of days on social media, over the last 24 hours on social media? Hundreds. Hundreds of your friends are sourcing this and posting it out there. They found someone that happened to source this out. They forwarded it. This same person had also forwarded out some other post about this. What do you pronounce it? QAnon, whatever, QAnon. Therefore, he is the man now credited responsible with advancing this whole thing. Well, we took down his QAnon. Now, this other tweet on COVID-19 has not been taken down. But you've been led to believe that it has been. As a matter of fact, the second tweet by Trump campaign advisor Giselle linked an article to the right-wing website Gateway Pundit that was based on the QAnon reporter's tweet. Now, notice we've gone from COVID-19 to Canaan and Trump here in three paragraphs. And if you're not paying attention, you've followed, the, you've been deluded by the smokescreen. And here at the end, we find out that CNN has reached out to the White House for comment on Trump's retweets. Wait a second. When were we talking about Donald Trump? Do you remember the start of this was about the COVID-19, how the 6% was misleading. They're trying to correct that. But then as we get into the meat of it, we get distracted to Canaan. Next thing you know, it's Donald Trump, and you can't believe a thing that Donald Trump says. So here's the summary of all this. First of all, Acts 17.11. What's it say? Trust, but verify. Make sure you document everything. I hope you do it with your preaching. I'm sure you do. Make sure what you're saying is accurate. Make sure and document everything. Look for those facts. Pan for the gold. And always remember this as we see this mob justice being pushed out there right now. In America, we have a presumption of innocence. A person is innocent until proven, notice that word, proven guilty beyond a reasonable doubt by a jury of his peers according to the law. So in summary, as I get ready to introduce Brother Steve, search for the facts, not opinions. Listen and look for buzzwords. You must make just judgment based upon the actual evidence, not emotions, not feelings, not unsubstantiated statements or opinions. Remember, what did the law say? 
They shall judge the people with just judgment. They shall not rest judgment. Thou shalt not respect persons, neither take a gift, for a gift doth blind the eyes of the wise and pervert the words of the righteous. So that is your responsibility. Learn. Hey, we've got to have a source of news somewhere. Unfortunately, the news sources out there right now are unreliable. But you can find the facts even in those articles. Learn how to read them. Challenge yourself to become a Berean in every area of your life. And then also make sure your flock is a flock of Berean Christians as well. Make sure they are able to discern the truth from fiction as they go about their lives. Well, I hope you enjoyed this week's message and this lesson on critical thinking skills. We look forward to being with you next time. Until then, God bless you.